going on, everybody? Welcome back to Frantic Thoughts, a podcast all about video games, entertainment, and my life. This show is usually a weekly affair, but lately it has not been. But I aim to remedy that situation starting this week. So we're going to start the show off by saying this is the first of weekly shows are starting back up. We're going to be going and going and going, but the actual aim and the goal for Getting this show out is going to be on Thursdays through Sundays. It's going to be a weekend show. I'm not going to promise an exact day of the week. That's the best way I can make it work with my current job situation. So just starting off the show, I want to let you guys know that I am very sorry. I apologize for my absence, but it's just been a really insane month, like especially Basically, since December, it's been pretty crazy, but May was just one of the craziest months I ever had when it comes to, like, my actual occupation and doing my job. So, yeah, I know. I start the show with an apology. It's not the most fun thing, but you know what is fun, and I want to actually go really deep into, and I was, I had a script ready for an E3 video, but screw it, we're on a podcast And I just want to talk about pre-E3 stuff, all of the hype, because I am all about that hype. All about it. (laughs) So, pre-E3 is right now. E3 is literally starting very soon. The press conferences are starting this weekend, this very weekend. They actually kind of start literally, like, tomorrow, if you count the Stadia event, which is Google Stadia. It's that streaming service that they're planning I actually saw some rumors about that, that Boulder's Gate 3 is going to be on the stage there, and Destiny 2 is going to be as well. And um, Destiny 2 is going to announce cross-save, which actually is pretty cool. I, I like Destiny 2. I, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going here, guys. Destiny 2 was a lot of fun when I played it, but then most of my friends started playing it on Xbox, and I had to regrind through the levels and everything. So I started a character over there on Xbox, and I kind of fell off because I did not really enjoy the story, like, going through it again because I had recently did it. But they actually had some people leak. There was a leak that they found out that Destiny 2 might have cross-saves. So if there is, I can actually import my character from my PlayStation profile into the Xbox profile. That'd be pretty awesome. Then I could play over there on my Xbox One X and uh, continue that affair if I wanted to. I don't know if I'll go back to Destiny 2, but they're adding a lot, so I'm kind of interested in that. But you know what? Actually, I got so freaking hyped for, and I guess this isn't re- this isn't really pre E3. I guess I don't know. It was like a week and a half ago, but they had a Super Mario Maker direct and i hadn't had a chance to talk about this and oh my god guys they're doing everything they're doing it they said oh you thought that super mario maker one was cool look what we're adding to this one (laughs) uh so they actually just kind of went balls to the wall started adding a bunch of crazy new items there's like a tornado item that like lifts people up they added vertical stages um they added all sorts of different characters and they added angry sun uh the ability to you know uh change the direction of the scrolling and the speed of the scrolling and stages they're adding like a lot of little depth and layers to the actual building of the levels uh on and off switches just a lot of really cool stuff if you haven't seen the direct i'm sure most of you have but if you haven't and you're interested in the game that definitely got me way more excited of the possibilities of a sequel 
And they also had this new way that they're going to do extra like level uh, palettes. Usually whenever you play Super Mario Maker 1, you can switch between every single palette on the fly. Easy peasy, right? And it all just transfers over to the next one. In this one, they're actually adding the ability to have all new tile sets that have completely different mechanics like they could include original mechanics but then they're going to have new mobs and power-ups and stuff that wouldn't be in the original you know super mario brothers world or three palette so they added of course super mario 3d world into their palette swap there and then there's actually like a blank spot there so uh, one of my predictions for e3 is so this is, does tie into e3 <laughs> is they have a Super Mario Maker Invitational coming up. And I think that during that, they're going to announce what that blank spot was, and it's going to be Super Mario Brothers 2. And the reason I say that, I just feel like it is very unique, and it doesn't have to actually match up with the original, you know, palettes. It can be its own thing, just like Super Mario 3D World is. And if it's not Super Mario 2... I don't know what it could be. Maybe they'll go ahead and do something crazy like Super Mario Land or something like that. They could even do Yoshi's Island there if they wanted to. They can do anything, you know. The possibilities are endless. And maybe this is potential for DLC in the future, which is just spectacular, you know. I love Super Mario Maker 1. It's so much fun. Um, they actually had added to two um, goal completion tasks, basically. So... Get a certain number of coins, get the certain power-up, uh, finish the game with the Fire Flower, you know, finish the level with the Fire Flower. You know, you can actually set goals for your um, person, the people playing your stages, to complete. Or if you get to the goalpost, it's actually just like dotted lines and you can't actually complete the stage, which is pretty crazy. So you can actually have like a coin challenge where you actually have to do jumps to get these coins way off. Uh, I kept thinking of so many cool things. Like I, if there's a way to make it where you have to have Yoshi or something and like you have to jump off of Yoshi and use on and off switches to get him to go across the stage and stuff like that. And you can't lose them. You have to keep them. See, there's so many cool things you can do with the new tool sets they're giving us. And I'm going to be all over that game. That game comes out in the, the end of this month, a little after E3 and say like two to three weeks from now I, i'm really excited for it it's one of my most anticipated games of the year so hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> so i mean like as e3 is ramping up as stuff's going on there's stuff coming out you know there's um for one we had a death stranding trailer that just released last week and oh my god guys it's so fucking batshit <laughs> everything about it is just i just you think that kojima could literally go and like make the weirdest thing ever and like really dude it's really weird like this is one of the, some of the weirdest shit i've ever seen in the trailer for a video game ever uh of course you've, we've all seen the fetus babies in jars that seem sentient or something i don't know but you can plug into them you can plug into the tank and then you can connect to people and then they have a bunch of bad guys and characters that are all actors you got like norman reedus in there and then we got troy baker which is a popular voice actor and then we got mads mickelson and like a bunch of a bunch of freaking actors in there and they all have crazy dumb names like Hartman and die hard men and of course the main character's name is port bridges 
yes, which he carries stuff, which he, you know, can be porting stuff around, and he's supposed to build bridges between people in the game. Yeah, so it's a little on the nose there, but uh, I love the aesthetic to it. The music's always really good. The trailers are always kind of all over the place when Kojima makes stuff. He kind of doesn't want you to figure too much out, right, when he makes trailers. But watching this, I got extremely excited just to see what the hell this thing ends up being, you know. Uh, he shows a little bit of gameplay in there. He kind of a lot of walking still with Norman Reedus with his uh, little umbilical cord baby thing. And then like a giant bag, like box thing on the back of him, like he's transporting stuff across like the planes and then in the snow and all sorts of stuff he takes out like this giant ladder and climbs a mountain and does like a rope thing to go down the other side of the mountain it looks like it's going to be kind of like exploring a lot inside of the world and i i'm interested to see what kojima does you know the game's been talked about for years it's i think he initially announced it in 20 the end of 2015 maybe early 2016 something like that so it's been almost four years Plenty of time to make a game, but you know, Kojima, you figured it would take longer. But he announced the release date is in November, and I'm highly interested. I'm like, really just want to see what this is all about. It looks freaking insane. And uh, I, I love his sensibilities, they're always so weird, and the way he tells stories is unlike anybody else. Nobody else would have made this game. And it's really rare to see AAA games that you go and you see a trailer for, and you're like, huh, what is this? You know, you kind of get what it is, but you don't. Like, you can go watch any old trailer right now, like, and you're going to kind of tell what the game's going to be, right? You go watch a Call of Duty trailer, you know what that's going to be. You go watch a platformer trailer, you know what it's going to be. You go watch a third-person shooter trailer, you kind of know what it's going to be. Like, I watched that God of War trailer, the original one for the 2018 God of War. You know what the action and the combat's going to be just from that trailer. You watch a Death Stranding trailer and you're just sitting there like, wow, <laughs> what is this going to be? You know, it's it's cool. It's kind of like a mystery to see how everything kind of ties together. And then after you play the game, it's kind of cool to go back and look at those trailers because they're so cryptic, cryptic and stuff and they don't have very much context. When you have the context, you can kind of see what they were going for. Oh, yeah, this connects to this. And and that's what Kojima keeps seeing on Twitter. It's a, It's not a stealth game. It is a game about strands. It's a strand adventure game. Whatever that means. Nobody knows what it means. It's it's whatever. He's just weird and artsy-fartsy. And th this game is going to be weird and artsy-fartsy, right? I'm excited to see what it is. I love the Metal Gear series. And, you know, this is an extension of Kojima just doing whatever the hell he wants. So that's going to be even more interesting to see, you know. So... Yeah, and honestly, on their website, they, they do have some stuff, uh, like a little graphic here, and it's like, face unique challenges, arm yourself and take aim at a variety of objectives in your mission to reunite a broken nation while balancing under the weight of your cargo as you travel, protect your supplies from wild bandits and stay safe from the terrifying beached things, or face failing those who depend upon you. Explore the world! The Decima engine renders a hyper-realistic landscape utterly transformed by the Death Stranding. Unpassable objects block your path and force you to find different routes, while supernatural elements alter the physical state of your surroundings. 
Death is not the end. There is no traditional game over state in Death Stranding. Lose your life during combat and you'll find yourself in an upside down realm, searching for a way back to the living. Choose your combat methods carefully as you as killing your foes is almost never the solution and every death carries a consequence and then there's another one talking about the asynchronous multiplayer which who the hell knows what that's going to be but this game is just so weird i gotta know what it is and i gotta play it so i'll be in november i'll be sitting down and playing the hell out of that just to see what it ends up being <laughs> um so yeah they had a Pokemon conference, which was bad. There was this really weird Pokemon conference. And so this one was put on by Game Freak, not Nintendo themselves. Nintendo actually announced the actual uh, Nintendo Direct for Pokemon that just happened today as of this recording. But last, like a few days ago, they had a Pokemon conference with Game Freak. And it was one... Okay, if you don't... <laughs> If you want to see this, you guys got to go look at this. It's just the weirdest conference and so awkward. And there's like this super professional businessman standing behind these giant Pokeballs just talking about stuff. And then they have like these like really weird conversations. One of them goes and talks about, oh, you should go see Godzilla. Go watch Godzilla <laughs> uh, with whatever his name is and support Godzilla. And then he's like, oh, I don't know why I got off on that tangent, but you should go watch that movie. And then it switches to the other guy. And he's like, I don't know why he was talking about Godzilla, but okay it has nothing to do with nintendo anyway what's announced pokemon sleep and then they talk about pokemon sleep and how they're tracking your sleep to make pokemon level up and it's just really weird and then they talk about pokemon go plus plus or something and it's it was one of the weirdest press conferences i've ever seen and how awkward it was it felt like almost like a tim and eric bit making fun of a nintendo press conference or something it did not really feel real and my favorite reaction video was i went and watched the kind of funny reaction video to this and it was just hilarious and yeah so that happened and then of course today they had the pokemon direct where they talked about pokemon sword and shield they revealed the new legendaries, which I don't know any of the characters' names. I'm not a huge Pokemon guy. I do, I do like the look of this game, though. It's so beautiful. They really render it to the point where it feels like the old-school anime, you know? And there's, like, this new area called the Wild Area where you can explore, and it's just... I just love the look of it. It definitely looks like a console Pokemon game. So I'm excited for people who are into that. Let's go ahead and shift gears. There's a couple of leaks, or uh, at least one leak here. Uh, Watch Dogs Legions. So yeah, Watch Dogs Legions is like a, it's a sequel to Watch Dogs, right? And it's set in London post Brexit, and apparently you have like a bunch of different powers to control a bunch of different NPCs. Like you have the ability to inhabit other people and control different storylines in the game. It sounds very ambitious. I'm excited to see the Ubisoft press conference to actually hear what their pitch is on this game. From the outside, it looks interesting, to say the least. And then also, we had another announcement today, actually. SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom HD is coming out, just kind of like out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I actually played that game when I was a kid. Uh, there was a blockbuster down the road, and I went and rented it for GameCube and played that game a lot. And it's fun. It's a really fun platforming game. Uh, it's like, you know, it's like of that ilk of that dumb, cheesy platformer for a... Um, you know a property like a licensed game but this one actually is pretty damn good it's very polished and a lot of fun so i'm excited to grab it when it 
become when it comes out but it's just like a really weird announcement something you don't really expect and then if you if you want to think about something that's also not expected is they have that e3 coliseum coming out right and it's kind of like they have people dev sit down and stuff and talk about their games and the ones that's going to be there is the simpsons writing staff is going to be there so people are suggesting and thinking that there's possibly a simpsons game remaster or even a brand new simpsons game that's going to get announced at e3 that's pretty cool i think the last simpsons game i really got into i actually did like the actual game called the simpsons it was pretty fun i never beat it though i should go back to that someday but the one i really loved quite a bit was simpsons hit and run which is basically like a gta clone you know but with the zaniness and the humor and the art style of the simpsons so it's kind of wrapped together in this nice little fun little package and maybe they'll remaster that or make a sequel to that that'd be interesting i'd i'd play that why not sounds awesome and then also the avengers game by Crystal Dynamics is going to be talked about. There were some rumors about it that it's going to be uh, games as a service and it's going to have a single player campaign, but you can also team up with your friends, kind of Destiny like. And I don't know how I feel about this. Are you going to. The thing that I'm kind of wondering, which they'll probably explain in the Square Enix press conference, is this, is if you play as an actual Avengers character from an Avengers comic or do you make your own character or what? Who knows? It's gonna be interesting to see that i'm i'm highly anticipating that game i don't know if it's going to release this year but maybe they'll announce it for this year but i definitely want to see at least some gameplay just to see what that game's all about and i'm glad they're showing it at e3 finally that we are already know ahead of time and the thing is is we do know quite a bit ahead of time and i'm kind of going in with almost just flat expectations i'm trying not to overhype myself i'm very excited for what comes out I kind of want to go in not really expecting much, but I do have three things that I would love to see at E3 this year here, and hopefully it happens. So we're going to go ahead and start with number one here, is I would love to see a new Batman Arkham game. And then if you're thinking about it, if you're following the news, you know that Rocksteady Games isn't going to be there. But the thing is, is Rocksteady Games hasn't really been at e3 for a couple years here and they actually said they are not making a batman game currently and guess there is another team that works and wb's you know wb studio that makes video games and it's wb montreal which they made batman arkham origins and then they helped on arkham knight but they didn't develop it solely they just helped out with rocksteady so what I think is going to happen during the Microsoft press conference, we're going to see an announcement for an Arkham game made by um, the Arkham Origins team, which is the WB Montreal guys. And I know that a lot of people didn't like uh, Arkham Origins. I never completely played that through that game. I had tried it out. I didn't love it as much as the others. It didn't kind of have that same feel. But the rumor is it's past the what happens in Arkham Knight, which I'm not going to spoil here. But it's past that. It's going to be the Court of Owls storyline. This is the rumor. And I hope it's true. You know, The Court of Owls is a really interesting New 52 comic book storyline. Where they kind of go into like the back, uh, like the founding of Gotham and stuff. And it has some kind of like secret society that's been there for years. It's a really fascinating storyline. Filled with a lot of really cool action and stuff. So maybe this would be the thing. It would be the Court of Owls storyline. And then the rumored title 
is Arkham Crisis, which, damn, that sounds awesome, right? I hope this game happens. This is thing I would love to see. If this popped off, I would go insane. I just really love Arkham games. And um, so that, that wraps up my number one here. We'll go ahead and jump into number two, which is Splinter Cell, which might surprise some people. This isn't my favorite series ever. I do love some of the entries in the series. I love Chaos Theory. Great game. The third one in the series. Um, Blacklist was a lot of fun too. I actually haven't played every single Splinter Cell in the series, but I would love to see a brand new take on it. Um, the the thing I keep seeing people have, you know, made jokes about is it's kind of like a passing of the garb for Splinter Cell, right? So the idea would be Sam Fisher, he's old. All those those other adventures happened. And then he takes in a protege and you play as that protege with Sam Fisher learning all his ticks, you know, stealth tricks and all his crazy combat attacks and then you find out later that maybe that's his son or you know something like that and it's kind of like a passing of the garb so they can continue the storyline or make like a new trilogy with this new character and it's not Sam Fisher but it's like a different character that'd be kind of cool or they might just make another Sam Fisher game but the thing is is nowadays these types of stealth action third person games aren't very common so for me i would be excited just for the prospect of having a brand new stealth game that i can just sink my teeth into so that's number two so number three i'm going to kind of throw a couple things out here so these are going to be kind of a little more actually the one that i do want to say that i think is going to happen for sure and this is what i would love to see it too is that harry potter game that got revealed or got leaked i don't know about six months ago or something maybe it was last year but they showed a little bit of gameplay. It was like a leaked trailer and it showed like making your own character. And it's back in like a few thousand years before Harry Potter, which is fine with me. I'm cool with that. And then you make your own character and then you have a storyline you go through and stuff. And you can make make spells and combine spells and potions and stuff. And it's just that really unique Harry Potter universe. And it's like an action RPG style game. Uh, I... I would love to see what that would actually turn out being and i think that's going to be a thing that gets announced eventually it's supposedly being developed by avalanche studios which actually helped on disney infinity back in the day so i would love to see what they would actually do with that um i don't know so i am cheating a little bit with this third one so there's that and of course the other one i want to see is super mario brothers 2 style in super mario maker which i already told about talked about and the other one was, I know this isn't going to happen, but I would love to see it, okay? The guys that made the Shadow of the Colossus PS4 remake, uh, Bluepoint, they had said they're making a brand new game, oh, but they didn't say it wasn't a remaster or a remake, but they said this is their biggest uh, project so far. And these guys are like a port studio. They're really good at making remakes and ports. And this would be crazy, right? But hear me out. It would probably be announced on the Microsoft stage. Then we just hear this sound effect. And then I jump out of my seat, mouth agape, slightly tipsy because I've been uh, day drinking because it's E3 and I'm hanging out at home. Just kidding about that part but freaking metal gear solid one complete overhaul remake by blue point 
that would be insane, right? Oh my god, I would die happy. I would I would be so freaking happy. Um, but yeah, that's my like wild card answer. And I can say some other crazy stuff like, oh, maybe Super Mario Odyssey 2. I doubt it'll happen. They already have a Mario game. Nintendo's lines like we kind of it, it feels like this year you kind there's an, enough known quantities to where I'm not going crazy because there's plenty of great games that I already want to play this year. So if this year, E3 just gives me two or three really cool announcements and a bunch of like, oh my god, yeah, I'll play that announcements, I'll be happy. I do really want to see some more indie stuff. Um, Derek Yu, he made, uh, what's it called? The name's escaping me. Spelunky. He has two games in, in process right now, and I'd really, really love to see those being made. Spelunky 2 and UFO 50, which both I really want to play. I never got into Spelunky. And the sequel looks cool. Like, I want an excuse to get into a Splunky, Splunky game. I know I could go play the original at any time. I own it on multiple consoles, but I just never got into it. I think that getting a new game in that, I guess, now series would be kind of cool. To start from the beginning with everybody else so we can I can be part of the conversation as everybody plays it. And then he has UFO 50, which is basically like 50 full-fledged, like, 8-bit, 16-bit games in a package. And that sounds like a really huge game. And he said they're not just mini games either. They're actual experiences, full-fledged, like almost like NES games, you know, like modern NES games and um, different styles, like all sorts of like there's a running running gun game. There's like a shooter, shoot 'em up and like a bunch of, you know, of course, platformers and stuff like that inside this package with 50 different developers, lots of people working on it. And that's something i want to see more on i don't know if he'll reveal anything this week but i'd love to see it i'm super excited to see what he comes up with and yeah man i just want some really cool indie stuff um kind of funny i mentioned them earlier i don't know why i mentioned them again but they have a showcase which is like 60 plus games that's going to be all indie stuff i'm super excited to see what they bring to that and i'm going to be like writing down a bunch of games that i want to play <laughs> so yeah e3 is kind of different this year there's no sony right but we got the google stadia guys coming in bringing their whatever they're going to bring that's very soon that's literally tomorrow and then we got microsoft having a two-hour press conference and they say there's going to be 14 microsoft exclusive games there which that eh, that doesn't mean a whole lot nowadays but it's still going to be cool <laughs> to see like what they're bringing. They're going to have a crazy conference, I'm sure. <coughs> Pardon me. And I think that, if anything, Sony might surprise us and drop another random announcement maybe next week or something just out of the blue. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. And then, of course, we got our Nintendo Direct. We got Bethesda. We got Ubisoft. We got the PC Gamer Show. There's plenty of stuff to be excited for oh yeah and ubisoft as well they always have ubisoft's press conferences are always, always so fun to watch and the thing is is people are so down on this e3 but i'm sitting here like dude i have so many games that come out almost every single week that i'm excited about playing and i don't have enough time to play all these great games as it is i'm just excited that more are getting announced and we can stay in this just great era of games because I just feel like games keep getting better and they keep changing it up. They keep being, being new, fresh content. And there's like indie games are some of the coolest ideas and experimental games that we've ever seen. Like games aren't getting stagnant or like, oh uh, yeah, there was an interview with Jonathan Blow. He made Braid 
and the witness and he's like indie games are stagnant and i'm just like oh, what my brain started breaking like twisting and contorting like how because like i've played so many my favorite game this year so far is an indie game it's ape out it was so much fun like and i haven't played I, i'll admit i haven't played a ton of indie games this year played a few though and like last year one of my favorite games was celeste and then we got Florence last year which is an indie phone game you know and it's just always so much cool stuff happening you know especially in that design and I've heard about so many good things about Outer Wilds and how crazy that is that one person made that game I think it was one person I might be wrong on that you can correct me if you want (laughs) but um that game had been in development since 2014 apparently by a small team and has come out and Outer Wilds is like blowing people away. I have yet to try it, but that one is on my radar. But yeah, I mean, indie games is just so many like fantastic experiences and E3 is a good excuse to see as many of these trailers and just get lost in the just excitement about what the future of video games is. And that's why we're here. That's why I'm sitting here talking on this podcast is because I have this love for video games. And if you're listening to this podcast, you and by the way thank you (laughs) and also you probably have some passion for video games too or entertainment whatever and just being in this moment where we all can get together and we can all at the same time be super hyped and super excited for the future of video games is why e3 is my favorite time of the year and it always will be even if e3 turns into some kind of weird amorphous blob of what it used to be I think that we will all still get together around this time of year and just have a good time talking about video games. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and jump into what's happening. What have I been up to since the last episode, which is almost a month ago? So, I've done a lot, obviously. Um, on If you want me to be like 100% with you guys, I have had multiple opportunities to make the podcast in this month. But most of the time, I am so burned out from my job. May is the busiest time of the year for my specific field of work, which I didn't realize would be this crazy until I got the job. I've been at this job for almost six months now, and it's just it's it's tough, man. It's a tiring job, very physical, and uh, especially the lot the two weeks leading up to Memorial Day were just crazy, man. So basically, I would end up working with my boss for the most part, kind of go to stores with him and help him out most of the day. And we were just throwing loads like, do, 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 knock it out. Go to the next store, throw a load, knock it out. And then I would just be doing like shifts from like, okay, I got here at five. I don't know when I'm leaving. And then I would leave at like 7, 8 p.m. most days. So it was just like, oh, I'm tired. And then when, then I'd finally have a day off and... All right, let's do a podcast. And then if Sierra was off, I'm like, I haven't seen her. So I'm going to go hang out with her. So we did that. We saw some movies and stuff too. So it's just like, I've been putting a podcast off and, you know, I was just like, you know what? When I, when it feels right, we'll get back to the swing of things and we'll get back on a schedule. So here we are. But yeah, this last month has been just pure, just insanity when it comes to work. I'm just, whew, this is like the actually first breather I've had in this crazy month or so that it's been so yeah it's been awesome that I actually finally get to have a little bit of a break and it's been kind of slowing down a little bit which is awesome um so yeah we did go to comic palooza which is a comic book uh convention 
It happened at the beginning of May. That thing ended up costing me way more money than I expected. So Sierra is telling me the weekend pass cost $70 a person. And I'm just like, I'm not paying that. And she ended up paying it. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's fine. You know, she was being nice and she paid for it. So we went there and mostly you saw the convention floor and walked around vendors for so freaking long. They have this thing where you can buy a cup. It's like a ceramic. I don't know. I don't. It's like shiny. I don't know if it's ceramic or if it's like bronze or something cup you can buy. You have to spend $30 on it, though. 30 bucks for a cup but you get free refills all day that's how they get you you know because that's the only place you can get um drinks there unless you spend like four dollars for like a 20 ounce water so it's like i can buy this you know i think it's called pecos pete something like that pecos pete something i don't know but i bought the cup 30 dollars. so i'm like i spent 30 dollars. okay so yeah we go okay let's, let's talk about the drive up there we drove up there I'm trying to find a parking spot and like I couldn't find one in downtown Houston. So I just pull into a random ass parking garage. It said $10 a day. I was like, all right, cool. And then I started driving up and driving up floors. I didn't know how tall this building was driving up and driving up and driving up and every single parking spot said reserved. We got to floor 41. We were in a skyscraper and I didn't even realize I drove into a skyscraper, like um, not really a skyscraper, but like I think it was like 52 floor parking garage. But this thing was old and run down and it was tiny too. like, oh my God, it was like disgusting in there. I kind of felt bad leaving my car there. I'm like, I don't know if my car is going to be there when I come back. So kind of sketchy rode this elevator right and literally the elevator had smoke stains in there it was so old like it was from like the 70s at least maybe older than that it had that wood paneling in there and everything was stained smoke you know because people used to smoke in there all the time and then probably people still smoke in there whatever right because people don't care and um was, i turned to her and i was like you know maybe we shouldn't park here she's like well we got to get to the convention so i'm like all right and it ended up being fine. Like we came back and I paid my $10 and it was all fine and good. But at the time parking there, I was just like, oh my God, this is so sketchy. I don't know. <laughs> and of course, when we go down to the bottom floor and go out, there's a back alley there that's all dimly lit and like freaking out of the movies, like Crime Alley or some shit. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, we got to the convention. I get that $30 drink. The food there is like $20 for Chick-fil-A just for us to eat Chick-fil-A or like one sandwich each, 20 bucks or something. Um, I didn't really buy anything there. I like to look around at the vendors. I didn't see any artwork that like really, really stood out to me that I wanted to pay money for. Um, and plus I was being a little cheap and stingy at the time because, you know, bills and all that. So I'm like, I don't know. I have to really like it if I'm going to buy anything. Um, but the thing is, is I kind of mostly went to this convention for Sierra. She really wanted to go and meet some of her artists that she likes from some of these. Uh, she reads like web comics. I think it's called Webtoon. And there were some artists from that she wanted to get signatures. So that was one of the main reasons we went. She got signatures from them. Uh, signatures from uh, Dan Vogler. Dan Vogler, yeah, that's his name. He's like in Fanboys. Um, 
he's in the new Fantastic Beast mo- movies, like the chubby guy in there. And then when I saw him in person, I was like, what the hell? That's him. He's like super skinny. Like what? He was like, he must have lost at least 50 pounds. And then, so we got, I got to see him in person, you know, shake his hand, say hi. And she, she got to take a picture and get a signature of him. And, um, that's pretty cool. It was nice to see him. And I saw the kid that plays the flash there, the new flash from the, the TV show, which I like that show. I kind of saw him from a distance cause I didn't pay the money to go see him. And of course, uh, Amelia Clark was there, right? But they had like these tents and curtains up. It's fifty dollars just to get into the line with her to go get a signature, and that was like twenty five dollars more. It was like seventy five bucks just to get see her and get a signature. Um, and then they had like, like do not go this far with cameras, and there's like guards standing there and all sorts of shit. So I didn't see her. She was there, but I didn't see her. But that's okay. I wasn't willing to put out that much money just to see the Mother of Dragons. You know, whatever. Um, but. The first day of convention was pretty cool. We walked around and I enjoyed my time. The second day, whew, I was so tired from the first day. And I, we went to two panels. We went to a steampunk magician. It was actually pretty interesting. Uh, kind of silly, like simple magic tricks, but it was fun to watch. And then we went to like um, writing panels in a comic comic book panel and that was pretty fascinating by two comic artists i don't really know their names but they kind of talked about how action moves in comic panels and how they write their storylines based on the layout of pages and stuff it was interesting i enjoyed that uh panel quite a bit and they didn't have an arcade there we walked around the entire thing and i was kind of excited to play some free play arcade and it wasn't there so we didn't do that which usually that's kind of a highlight of the thing because they usually bring some really weird stuff you know they brought like a star trek one with the led panel one year uh a pinball machine looked like a the back had actual pinball paddles in it that was pretty cool they brought one year so i was like excited to see what arcade games they bring because usually it's kind of interesting and they didn't have it this year it's kind of bummed out about that but yeah the second day like we're walking around and um i decided you know screw it i'm gonna get a cider they have a saint arnold brewery brewery there which is a texas you know craft beer people we actually deliver their stuff they have this really nice good crisp tasting uh hard cider it's it's delicious it's one of my favorite drinks right now and they had it there on tap so i went and got it it was like six bucks just for like one cup but i was fine with it you know because it was decent so i drank that and i was so tired and my and i was so out of it the slight bit of alcohol and me walking around i started turning almost into a zombie like there's so many people around i get kind of claustrophobic with people like, I got tunnel vision. I'm just like, dude, I got to sit down after a while because it was just too much for me. There's so many people in there on that. It was a Saturday, the second day. We went Friday and then Saturday. And I actually started having a mini panic attack in this convention because there were so many people there. So I had to sit down, calm down. And that day didn't end up being as fun for me as the first day. It was it was a good, good weekend, but I was just like, man. And the thing is that... I worked eight days straight so I could have those two days off in a row because usually I don't get two days off in a row and finally did. But um, all in all, the convention was fun. I enjoyed talking to the vendors. I love seeing all the different artworks and seeing everybody excited for stuff and seeing the cosplays. Sierra takes her camera. She has that nice camera we, um, that 
I got her and she's taking pictures of all the people in cosplay and it's fun to see them and meet them and ask how they make their cosplays you know and it's just fun to be there so for me it's not really about picking up stuff anyway it's kind of just experiencing it and yeah all in all I had a fun time there um but I don't think we need to go two days honestly uh one day was enough for me but I'm glad that she feels like the two days was worth the price I'm just like okay I've done this already after the first day you know because there's only so much you can see at a convention like that but yeah that was fun I liked it um probably do it again sometime I wish I was going to uh, other conventions coming up but that's not I'm not gonna go into that right now so I did play some video games we'll talk about that so all this Mario Maker 2 hype I was like dude I gotta play some Super Mario 3D World because that's a palette in Super Mario Maker and I never played Super Mario 3D World so I went around for about five days. I would check a GameStop here and there. There's so many GameStops around us. Finally found it in the mall near us. There's a GameStop. I found a copy of Super Mario 3D World, so I picked it up. I'm on World 4 something, 4-2 probably, and the game is just a lot of fun. Beautiful art direction, great to look at, fun to play. Um, the Wii U gamepad, I'm not a huge fan of the thumbsticks on there. never have been, but kind of got used to it after a little while a couple of frustrating moments with it at first but playing it it's fun i'm sure this game's gonna get ported eventually they might even announce that at e3 who knows but hey i own it i'm gonna beat it soon such a cool game i love mario games and the thing is is when this one came out it was like 2012 or 13 i had like no money for video games so i couldn't play it or pick it up and i just never got to, got around to it and finally here i am playing it and I love it, obviously. I'm a huge Mario fan, and this is one of the better ones, so. I uh, might be better than Odyssey. Nah, that's that's a stretch. It's 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 probably it's a top tier 3D Mario games. I'm not gonna rank them right now. There's too much to talk about there, and I do not want to think that hard right now. <laughs> but yeah, I played a lot of that. I ended up playing all the way through Half-Life, uh Source version love 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 that game um more than i thought i would i still think i like the sequel a little bit more than the first one um it's probably tied a little bit more to nostalgia because i played the sequel a lot more but that does not do, i'm not don't let that undersell the fact that half-life is a fantastic video game uh we did our quick save club episode two and that's actually live currently if you haven't listened to it um we talk all about half-life we go deep when like i feel like I kind of like, I don't know if I'm doing it or if I'm just overthinking it. When I do that podcast, I feel like I kind of change the subject a little too abruptly. And maybe that's just the tick I have. But all in all, I really had a good time doing that podcast. And the Quick Save Club has been some of the most fun I've had so far um, with the Cartridge Club community. It's such a cool little thing that we're doing with that podcast. It's so fun. And um, also, we are starting planescape torment and i played a little bit of it i'm like three or four hours in now and this game i kind of think thought i was gonna hate it at first after the first hour i'm like dude am i gonna just really not like this game but then i slowly get into it it's like it's like an isometric very story driven very heavily heavily story driven isometric rpg it kind of feels like a DD campaign but you're playing by yourself there's tons of dialogue options tons of choices that you can pick and it, 
I it took me a minute to get used to the controls and the menus and stuff. And once I kind of played for a couple of hours, I was getting the groove of it, feeling it out, exploring the world, and just kind of getting into like a trance, just enjoying the environment. So that should be a fun game. That game's pretty damn long, so I'll be playing that probably for the next few weeks until the podcast. So hopefully I'll beat it. I should be able to. I mean, as long as I invest enough time into it, I should be able to knock it out. Um, but yeah, that game is going to be super fun to play through, I think, uh, after playing it for a bit. And also, I've been playing Minecraft a lot because they put out a village and pillage update, which has these like villagers that are evil and they attack you and stuff. Um, haven't really interacted with that part of the game yet, actually. I haven't found a village that I can trigger a raid or anything at yet. But um, the mo- main reason I played it is I, s- I saw on Twitter that it's 10 years old. You know, I was like, dude, I've been playing Minecraft for 10 years. <laughs> That's freaking crazy. Um, I feel like I've been playing it longer than that, but I believe that it's been 10 years. So I think it's been 10 years since the original like alpha release or whatever, since it could be bought, you know, and I've been playing since a little bit after that, just a few months after that. So I've basically been playing Minecraft for 10 years on and off. Uh, it's still one of my favorite games of all time. Don't need to say too much about it. We have a podcast, actually, the Quick Save podcast coming out in September about it, so you can hear me rant and rave about that. I'll probably end up hosting that one, being the main host, because I'm so into that game, so we'll see about that. But yeah, I'm, I love that game, and I'm glad that it's still around, I'm glad they're still updating it, because it's just fantastic, and that's obvious. A couple of other ones I'm just going to throw at you that I've played. <clears throat> Void Bastards. So this game is kind of interesting. It has kind of like a uh, run based to it it's cell shaded it's like very very cell shaded it looks like a comic book 100 percent like a comic book so i love the looks look of it i'm not super into the gameplay loop yet so basically the concept is you are a random character that they revive and you go through this spaceships these ho- hollowed out spaceships you grab upgrade materials and you try to make your way to another spaceship and another one till you get to like an objective. And if you die, you start that all over again. And then once you collect stuff, you can keep hmm, what is it? You can keep the items between runs. So if I find it's like a sticky bomb you throw against the ground and the bad guys walk over and blow up. If you find that when you go to the next, if you die. They make another character and you start to run over, but you get to keep your items. So there is progression there, which is pretty cool. Um, it's first-person shooter, which I didn't even say. And uh, the shooting uh, controls are pretty good. I'm playing it on Game Pass. It's a Game Pass game. And on Xbox. And I enjoyed my time with it. I don't know how much more I'm going to play of it. Uh, the way that the actual ships, like the ship map that you go down, actually reminds me a lot of FTL. So it's kind of like FTL comic book style with first person shooting elements to it. It's a unique game, has a uh, poshy English, you know, style humor to it, which I appreciate quite a bit. And of course, that comic book style, which is really fun to look at. So, I mean, If you're into any of those things, I would say at least give it a shot on Game Pass at the very least and uh, just see if it's for you. I think it's pretty fun. Um, It's just if I want to divest the time into like getting really deep into it, I haven't decided yet, but my time with it has been very positive and I've liked my experiences with it so far. 
Um, a couple of PS4 stuff I played, which I've talked about a lot, so I'm not going to go into it too much, is I played Dreams quite a bit more. There's a lot of prototypes games in there. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like, the game as a whole, I really like the idea. Um, and there's a lot of really cool creations in there. I just... I don't know how often I'm going to play it, honestly, because I started seeing re some repeat stuff when I went in there last time. I don't know if it's just my luck or what, but um, I usually do like the dream surfing thing where I go through and stuff. There was some like a really crappy Sonic game. Uh, there was a decent, actually pretty competent Crash Bandicoot clone. Um, there was this like really weird looking, it was kind of like almost neon and like rainbow color like space shooter type thing and like as you flew kind of you can is from the back perspective of the, the ship as you flew like the entire environment turned all neon and psychedelic looking and there was like little planets you can land on and stuff and it was very simple and small little prototype but it was cool and that's kind of what dreams is all about it's just like these really cool little experiences that people come up with so that's been fun to jump in and just kind of see what people are making also i have been playing which I don't think I'm going to beat again. But I just started playing Sonic Mania again. Because it's free on PlayStation Plus. And I have it on PlayStation 4 now. So I'm like you know what I'll play a little bit more. Um, I started playing as Knuckles this time. And just kind of playing through a little bit. Um, different game as Knuckles. But it still has some of the best music ever. I, I think Sonic Mania might be my favorite video game soundtrack ever. That's a huge statement. But... It's up there, man. I love the music. I keep playing just to hear the next track in this game. And, <clears throat> of course, it has that classic look with a little bit of modern tweaks. And they add a lot of really cool stuff. And I've talked about this game probably on the podcast when I originally played it back in the day on Switch. But, um, yes, I love Sonic Mania. And it kind of feels like I'm going back to an old favorite playing it. It's one of the better you know, 2D games that's been out in the last few years. And if you have PlayStation Plus, I'd say at least download it and try out a couple stages on it. It's worth your time. I think Sonic Mania is just up there as one of the best Sonic games. It might be the... I'm going to say it right now. Sonic Mania is the best Sonic game, period. At least in my opinion. And you know, opinions are subjective. So there is no objective way to look at this, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway... That's what I've been playing, what I've been doing, uh, kind of hanging out. Uh, we went and saw some movies, so we're going to jump into the next part of this. And we'll talk about some of the media I've been uh, experiencing in the last month or so. It's the Media Corner. <laughs> that was really bad. The Media Corner. I'm kind of congested right now. My throat's kind of messed up, so I can't even do it. Anyway, we're going to do a little bit of random entertainment news, which I'm interested in. And then we'll jump into some movies I've been watching. First off, there is a trailer for a movie called Onward by Pixar, which looks really fun. The pitch for the movie is basically like a J.R.R. Tolkien, like Hobbit, Hobbiton, Lord of the Rings style world you know, fantasy world, but it's a John Hughes movie with modern day technologies in it. Weird? Yes, but watch the trailer, you kind of get it. The main two actors are Chris Pratt, which he plays the older brother, and then the younger brother is Tom Holland. 
and you know marvel connections there and they kind of put on character voices of course in the trailer and they play like elves and it just looks fun light-hearted the art style is very cute um very detailed very pixar and i'm just really excited about it it comes out next year i think early 2020 um first trailer it's just like a teaser thing but i'm just excited that pixar is still doing create like original movies and it was nice to see and it kind of warmed my heart to see so i hope pixar keeps making original movies forever i don't mind the sequel here and there like toy story 4 i'm sure i'm gonna go i'm sure i'm gonna cry i'm sure i'm gonna be all emotional i'm sure i'm gonna love it but just like incredibles 2 i cried and i loved it it was great you know <laughs> um any Pixar movie, you go, you see it, you cry, and it's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully they continue on this trend of making new get new movies, like brand new uh, worlds and stuff for us to fall in love with. Because the way they build stories and the way they make, characterize all the people and villains and characters in their story is so unique and fun. And I just love seeing new Pixar stuff, so I'm, I'm excited for this movie. Uh, next up is two things that i've been really looking forward to which didn't seem like they were going to happen they felt like they were in a weird limbo stage so nickelodeon a couple years ago or maybe three years ago greenlit three tv movies based on their 90s nicktoons first off we had hey arnold back to the jungle or whatever it was called it was the sequel you know it was like a to wrap up hey arnold storyline which ended up coming out i loved it to death it showed a lot of loose ends tied it all up and it was really fun and i highly enjoyed it uh they kind of modernized the art style a little bit on that and then they announced rocco's modern life which would be rocco and friends coming to this modern life like somehow they get sent to the future and now they're in 20 you know 2018 2019 time period and they would be experiencing cell phones and all that stuff for the very first time and that was that movie and it never came out and they stopped talking about it and then they announced that they were going to do an invader zim movie and they put out a trailer for that they put out a trailer for the rock of modern life one as well and the invader zim one was supposed to be the similar idea to hey arnold where they would wrap everything up and you know, finish up the storyline for Invader Zim and tell, like, a nice, cool story. And The Rocco's Modern Life was actually supposed to be a high... Like, the thing is, with these, they were kind of almost like, maybe we'll continue these, maybe not. But the thing is, Nickelodeon, like, I don't know what happened internally, but something shook up to where they changed their mind. So these two movies, The Rocco's Modern Life one and The Invader Zim one, just kind of were, like, not talked about for a while until recently they announced that they're going to come out on Netflix. So that's the the story is eventually I'm going to be able to sit down and enjoy these two movies that I have been highly anticipating and looking forward to for years since they first talked about them and knew that they were going to be a thing. They're finally coming out on Netflix and they didn't actually put a time frame out there, but they said soon. So hopefully within this year, I'll get to see these and it'll be out there. And I'm a huge animation guy. I love nineties animation. This is some of my favorite stuff ever. So Seeing this finally coming out, it's going to be super awesome. <clears throat> so, also, is the 20th anniversary of Star Wars, A Phantom Menace. And I just want to talk about this for a minute because I remember being a kid 
10-ish years old because it came out in 2001. And wait, it didn't come out in 2001, did it? 2000? No, 1999. So I was only nine because it's 20 years ago, Josh. Duh. So came out in 1999. I was nine years old or eight, one of the two. I love this movie. I had seen the other Star Wars movies by then. At least I had seen Empire Strikes Back. I remember watching scenes from that as a kid. But I didn't fall in love with Star Wars with those old movies. They felt like my dad's movies. Like, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, that was kind of fun. You know, I liked it. But I didn't love it, you know, as much as I thought I would. You know, they were cool movies. But I never got super into Star Wars until we went and saw Phantom Menace when I was, I guess it would have been eight or nine. I fell in love with Star Wars. Star Wars was everything to me. Then I had to go back and rewatch the original trilogy. And then I got this huge fondness for Star Wars. This is where my Star Wars love started was with Phantom Menace. And I know that sounds weird. And I'm younger than a lot of people that experiences the original trilogy when they're a kid. And that's what they grew up with. I grew up with the Phantom Menace being the thing that actually got me interested in Star Wars. And then, of course, I do realize as I grew up and I started watching the original trilogy more that, of course, those movies are a lot better. There's a lot more, you know, storyline. The characters make more sense. It's a lot less cheesy and cartoony. And, yeah, I didn't. I never really liked the other two prequel movies much. I think Revenge of the Sith is pretty good. You know, it has good moments, but Attack of the Clones is extremely boring to me i never really found that movie to be that entertaining you know but phantom menace i actually started my love for star wars and ever since then it's been one of my favorite series ever and one of my favorite franchises and tones and universes and it just so happened that it started with phantom menace give it give it take it whatever you guys want to think i thought jar jar binks was one of the funniest fucker ever (laughs) i thought jar jar binks was hilarious i would go around to my grandparents house go behind somebody and go excuse me excuse me and i thought it was freaking hilarious and yeah he's horrible character i'm no but as a kid i thought he was fucking hilarious so it is what it is you know and so take my opinions with a grain of salt knowing that piece of information but i was eight so i was eight and now it's 20 years ago so you can put the get together how old I am now. <laughs> so yeah, 20 years on that. There you go. Movies I actually watched, though. Quick reviews on these. Podcast is getting a little long in the tooth, so I won't spend too much time on them. Detective Pikachu. I'm going to say this is the best um, video game movie I've seen. Uh, it doesn't have a 100% rating for me. I don't think it's perfect by any means. Um, it's definitely a kid's movie. But adults can find some fun stuff in, in it, if, especially if you have some nostalgia for uh, Pokemon stuff. I would say definitely watch this movie because it made me happy. Like It brought all that nostalgic feelings out because right now I'm not the hugest Pokemon fan. Like I said, I said, oh, yay, they did a new Pokemon Direct. I'm like, ah, that's cool. Where people are going to play that. You know, I don't think I'm going to play it. The games haven't grabbed me forever. I used to love the anime, though. And I played Red and Blue, uh, Gold couple of them when I was a kid, you know, younger, and I have a fondness for early generation Pokemon, and it's kind of focused on that, and had some more modern generation Pokemon too in the movie, but seeing these characters that I've known and loved for my whole life, pretty much, in a different light with more modern 
I guess, guess maybe not more modern sense, but like a actual like realistic render of these these characters. Seeing Pikachu all cute and fluffy, and seeing like Mr. Mime all freaky weird looking, and uh, you know, Psyduck all like a realistic uh, duck, but kind of weird, and Bulbasaur like this like majestic looking like plant character, and I I liked it, you know, like seeing all that. The storyline has issues. The acting's not the best, but it's just highly entertaining. It's a really good, just fun, turn your brain off, just enjoy the Pokemon, enjoy the story, and the world building is kind of unparalleled. I think that they could take the framework of the world that they built and then go from there and make other movies in that same universe, and it would feel very natural. And this this would be a nice jumping off point for more Pokemon movies, and I hope they do it. Um... Like I said, it's not the best movie ever, but I had fun watching it, and it's in video game stand, video game movie standards. It's like top tier. It's like probably the best, if not the best. So, in movie standards and period, you know, it's kind of maybe not the best ever, but we're not comparing it to all movies. We're comparing it to video game movies. <laughs> so yeah, it's an enjoyable movie. Enjoyable movie. I liked it quite a bit. We also watched Aladdin, the live action remake. So. I'm kind of on the fence with this one. Like, I liked it. They improved the story quite a bit. And it was better than I thought it was going to be. I'd say it's pretty enjoyable. But, um, I don't know. I didn't love it to love it. I had some good moments. This The musical numbers were pretty good. This kind of feels almost like they filmed a play. But then they, like a stage play, but they had like a lot of budget to it. That's kind of how the feel and tone I had for this movie. Uh, There was a lot of areas in the film itself that could have been brighter, could have been more energetic, like a little bit more cartoony, I guess. But thinking it, trying to think of it as its own thing and not completely comparing it to the cartoon, which is almost impossible to do because they take the storyline beat for beat and then they change it here and there. So it's going to be hard to not compare it to the original cartoon, but taking it as, as its own thing and looking at it in that light, it actually makes me appreciate the movie quite a bit. Um, they give Jasmine, she, she's already a pretty strong character in the cartoon, but she does, they do, go to the damsel in distress a little bit too hard in the cartoon right in the movie they change that up they even give her her own like musical number that's all about empowerment and stuff and i think this movie is really good like if my kid if i had a kid right and we went and saw this and this was their first experience with aladdin i would not be disappointed i think that is a good thing to say about the movie obviously there's issues um genie will smith i thought he did pretty damn good in parts but anytime he had to sing sing like actually sing you could hear like the tinge of autotune you can hear somebody tweaking the voice to make it sound just a little bit better you know he's not really a singer you know but him being will smith with this you know whoop a doop a i can't do it his like very like cheesy dad rap i guess he should say like style and personality and his sense of humor he actually did very good in the emotional moments, especially at the end, which we all know what happens at the end of Aladdin with Genie and Aladdin. But they do change it up quite a bit. So that stuff that you would know would happen in Aladdin kind of happens, but they turn it on its head here and there. And I find it to be a pretty fascinating movie. 
from for me because Aladdin is one of my favorite movies ever. And I think that my love for the cartoon kind of sours my like or my opinion on the live action film because the live action film's never going to live up to the cartoon. But the thing is is that the live action version does a damn good job at telling the story, being genuine, having characters that are actually, you know, brown people. I mean, I'll just say it like they they didn't whitewash it at all, which is just brilliant. I love that. You know, represent representation's awesome and I appreciate them finding actors that fit that setting, you know. That's awesome. I love it. So that's cool and the singer the singing was great. Uh, the chick that plays Aladdin, she did, I mean Aladdin. The chick that plays Jasmine, she has some freaking pipes. The guy that played Aladdin, I didn't love his songs quite as much. But he did a damn good job on a whole new world, and that's the song that fucking matters, right? <laughs> so, I mean, this movie is worth a watch, especially if you have a lot of fun with the cartoon, and it's one of your favorites, even if it's not, you kind of want to see what the differences are, because there are some differences. Um, but I thought, all in all, this Aladdin remake is pretty okay. It's pretty good. How much of a sheer cash grab it is, you, you know, it is, you can tell. But... I still had a good time with it, even though it didn't end up quite hitting the marks of the cartoon, which for me would be an almost impossible task because the cartoon is just a pure classic to me. So it's going to be hard to match up to it, but I still think it's worth the watch and I found, I found it pretty entertaining with some caveats. Another movie we just recently saw, we saw Godzilla, King of Monsters, and this movie is just fun. Go into it, turn your brain off, watch it on the biggest screen possible, the loudest screen possible. We saw it in a Dolby Theater with insane, like really good sound, super loud, super like surround sound. God, it's so stupid and fun, like stupid in a good way. It's a stupid, dumb, like action monster fighting movie. And there's, there's humans characters in it. They say super cheesy lines, and the storyline makes sense. They're kind of there just to set up a framework for these monsters to fight. And it's just a dumb, fun, action, monster-fighting movie. I had a, had a ton of fun watching it. It's I don't know if I'll watch it again, because seeing it in theater it was worth it, just from the spectacle. It's a very big spectacle movie. So beautiful too. Like they really do a great job showing the majesty of these giant. They call them titans in the movie, but these monsters. You know, Godzilla, Mothra, all this people, the characters you've seen in the trailer, and uh, Rodan and all that. <clears throat> and I just thought the fighting and just seeing them like towering over everything was just super fun to see. And yeah, I would recommend it if you're in the mood for a big dumb fun action popcorn movie. To go sit down and watch in the theater. Period. Uh, another movie we saw. We do watch lots of movies. Because <clears throat> it's easy. It's a it's an easy date. We can just go to the theater. <laughs> um, we saw Booksmart. Booksmart is one of the best comedies I've seen in a while. Uh, two lead characters. were. It's basically the, ba- ma- the basic premise. Is there's two chicks that are best friends. Like bestie besties. They uh, have been kind of good. They haven't done anything all during their school time in high school and they're just graduating they decide you know what let's have one night where we can go party and just be crazy and it goes from there and it's very heartfelt realistic 
a little wacky. It kind of feels <clears throat> like super bad, but a little bit less raunchy, I would say. And and it's just kind of see it's just fun to go along with the ride with these two characters and see them just have this insane night full of bunch of crazy antics. I don't want to spoil anything on this one. I just think that this is one of my most recommended movies so far this year. Besides Endgame, which you know, it's Endgame, but uh for like an indie flick, like for like something that's heartfelt and comedic and will make you feel like fulfilled in watching, I would suggest Booksmart over any of these movies I actually just talked about. This is my favorite movie I've seen in a very long time. So check it out. I love the acting in there. Will Forte's in there for a minute. We got the main two leads, which I don't know their names, but they're really good. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is like the act uh, directorial debut of Olivia Wilde, which she's an actress. And I think she did a fantastic job. She killed it with the, the direction in anywhere from the cinematography to the music stuff that they chose and everything. And I think the story was just a ton of fun, has a good message and it's worth your time. I think everybody should see book smart. It's an awesome movie. So I'm going to wrap this up with a little bit of TV show talk. We got two TV shows. I want to mention just really quick, quickly here. We got the DuckTales season finale happened and oh my god guys you guys need to, if you are a fan of any of the old school Disney like the 90s Disney like afternoon shows or like DuckTales classic DuckTales or Darkwing Duck or Tailspin any of that stuff even Goofy movie or that style of 90s Disney stuff or early 2000 Disney stuff go watch DuckTales they take all of that stuff, they wrap it into this really cool package, and this last episode just kind of blew me away with how they did it. And I cannot, I don't want to even spoil who's in it. I don't want to spoil that. Let's just say they take an old school character, and they combine it with DuckTales, and they revamp it in such a unique and wonderful way that it captured my imagination to no end. I've seen this episode four times now. I love it. DuckTales is the best like animated show on the t- on TV that's aimed towards kids, you know, younger audiences because I think Rick and Morty could be up there as one of the best like animated shows period, but something that's more family oriented, this is something that's aimed more at families or people who are with the nostalgic feels like a lot of us have. I think DuckTales is just one of the best shows on TV and uh you should be watching it. Um I understand it's a lot of people can't get to it, but uh, Disney Plus is coming out in November, so there's always that. Um, I've been watching them on YouTube. I actually like rent the, rent the episodes, which I know that's weird, but you can do that. And um, I don't know. I think that I'm trying to think if there's another way to watch them. I think maybe Hulu might have them. I'm not sure. But yeah, I've been watching them on YouTube for the most part. So yeah, uh, this great show. I have a great time with it, and uh, yeah, recommended highly. And last thing I want to talk about with the media corner, which oh, this one lasted quite a while, is the Game of Thrones finally ended. We fa- found out who won the Game of Thrones, and it wasn't who we thought it was. And I'm not going to spoil anything, just in case you haven't seen it, which most people in the universe have seen it who's who are going to want to see it. Um, I wasn't as disappointed with the last season as everybody else. I can see the flaws. 
and complaints from people that they that everybody was saying like i understand like where everybody's issues were and how the storylines didn't connect and how it was rushed and i 100 percent agree that the storyline was rushed but i do feel like the conclusion of the last couple episodes were pretty damn good there was a lot of really cool visual moments i do feel like the characters didn't fulfill what the characters initially promised in the the beginning seasons of the show and i feel like there was a lot of missed opportunities i'm gonna get out of the way i was not disappointed in what ended up happening in game of thrones as much as others there are parts that if i overthink it i do start to get annoyed by some of the choices that they made but there were some really great and fulfilling moments in the end which i appreciated and i liked the ending i wish they would have given themselves some more time to get to the final you know denouement to finish it up properly but i'm glad i stuck through it and i'm glad i watched all the seasons of game of thrones and um I'm going to miss the show. There's nothing else like it out there. And uh, I hope that there's something else that can capture my imagination quite like that does in the TV realm. Because I do love having a show that just gets me really good. You know, and that show just did. It just captured my attention. Like, I just cannot get my eyes away from it. My eyes were glued on the screen for the hour to hour and a half, whatever it was, episodes of Game of Thrones. So hopefully something like that comes along and... I get into it again. There's plenty of stuff coming down the road, so we'll see. <clears throat> so my throat's starting to act up quite a bit now, so I need to get some more water in me and wrap up the podcast. Been kind of like down in the dumps lately. I've been kind of negative, overly negative, but just think to yourself. The thing that I do when I feel like that is I try to find something that uplifts me a little bit because, I don't know, sometimes it's song uh and a lot of times it's old emo songs from like the early 2000s like my chemical romance and stuff i don't know what it is about that i think it's maybe that's probably a little bit nostalgic or whatever but i'll listen to those songs like i'm not okay by my chemical romance and specifically we'll probably close the show with that song and listen to it and just kind of zone out and just relax and realize that for one the world doesn't revolve around me and uh people don't give me as much headspace as i think they do and for the most part i feel like people have a positive opinion about me but sometimes you'll get i'll get them to my own head i know a lot of people do the same thing and think down about themselves like damn i why why bother no one likes me or why am i doing this nobody cares but honestly more people care than you would realize and i know that for myself people just don't vocalize that all the time because it's kind of weird you know not everybody's gonna walk around being like hey i appreciate you it's nice when people do that but it's not something that's normal occurrence in everybody everyday life right so for me i just had to sit down and think you know this negative thought i'm having i can get overcome it it might overtake me for a day or two two or three or whatever but eventually i do get over it and i realized that everything's great and there's peace you know i feel peaceful and relaxed and when i'm in those moments are some of the best times i've had so i don't know where i'm going with this i'm kind of rambling now i think i've been talking too long but i mean i'm just gonna say just be good to yourself don't hate yourself because honestly loving yourself is the first step into other people loving you as well if that makes sense like if you love yourself it's easier for yourself to open up for other people to come in and love you too 
So kind of rambly there ending, but uh, hopefully that's a nice thought. And I hope to see you guys next week. I'm going to be making these shows every single week now, starting now. And even if the episode is only 15 minutes and I talk about one topic, I will get you guys an episode. And uh, it's not that I feel the pressure from everybody else surrounding it. And I don't feel pressured to do it. I just like doing it and it's my creative outlet. And it makes me feel better when I make one of these shows. So I'll be around. See you guys next week. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Go ahead and go over to the Cartridge Club forums and leave a comment. Or follow me on Twitter at Frenic Society. If you want to have a conversation or talk about whatever, I'm always there. Thank you so much for listening. E3 is this week. Let's get hyped. And I hope you guys have as much fun watching it as I know I'm going to. So I'll see you next week. We'll talk all about E3. And I hope you guys have a good one. See you later. Bye.
And while I shouldn't be promoting the new Godzilla movie here today, for those who want to see Ken Watanabe on the big screen again, I hope you will find your way to theaters starting the day after tomorrow. Thank you. Back to you, Mr. Ishihara. Uh, Mr. Masoka, thank you. It was nice of you to so casually insert that bit of news that was so completely unrelated to Pokemon. Thank you. Setting Godzilla aside, 